Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Nice. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us in studio today is the remarkable Miss Claudia Christian. Welcome to the show. <laughs> That's a heck of an intro. Thank you, Jean. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. <laughs> and we're here today uh, to talk not about your voice acting, although we may get into uh, that. We'll get into that. <laughs> uh, not about Babylon 5, but about your new book, which is... Snack Hacks by Claudia Christian and Mark Michel. Yeah, Mark Michel, correct. And uh, this is a this is a cookbook for geeks. It is. It yeah. is freaks and geeks and me. <laughs> and and holy cow, do we ever need this? I mean, how <laughs> how many of us geeks actually learn to cook? Probably not many. I found uh, from years and years of decades of doing conventions, um, uh, it's amazing. People will ask me the simplest thing, like, "Well, how do I make a good soft boiled egg?" And I'm like, "Really? I better start at the very beginning." Wow. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was boiling water. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's been uh, it's been fun, and it, and because I'm so comfortable in the kitchen, and I've had so much experience, and I've been cooking since I could really literally uh -huh. since I could cook. Um, I, I had to sort of take a step back and, and, and realize that a lot of people are just starting out. So that, that was fun, you know, to address every single type of chef in the kitchen from the neophyte to the, to the little bit more experienced. And I think that's where Mark and I are really good uh, companions as far as, as writing this cookbook together. I take it he was the photographer. Okay. For for his recipes, yes, oh, okay. yes. So we both did. He's in Pennsylvania, and I'm in Los Angeles most of the time. So mm -hmm. um, he uh, he would do his recipes and then photograph them. And he also had a friend of his who he games with a lot, John, who would uh, take some of the photos for him as well. And then I had a myriad of photo f photographers. I had uh, girlfriends, uh, guy friends. I had um, professional photographers. I had my own iPhone. I had just you know whenever i could poor poor morgan who um is floating world press morgan grant buchanan and his lovely wife catherine um they you know kept receiving all these different types of photos from different types of cameras and phones from me so it was really difficult <laughs> to get everything to match but they were very patient and sweet and kept saying could you please try a real camera you know, yeah. you know it would not all of us carry around a real camera 24 hours a day and sometimes you're spontaneous and you make a meal and say oh that looks good let me take a picture for the book you know oh yeah, yeah you know it's like people t take instagram 
pictures of their oh, it, you know, yeah. their meals all the time. Yes. This, this is not the same thing at all. Yeah. No, it, it it's not. And um and and I used to find that absolutely annoying, but now I wish I would have A joined Instagram a heck of a lot sooner because I've only been on it for less than a year. I think I, I don't even think a year. And B, I would have definitely um, gotten in the habit of taking photos because a, a lot of times I, I'll make this really good meal and then I'll say, damn it, I didn't take any photos. And it was just really like three courses of beauty. Oh, um, I know that feeling. And yeah. so much of it, uh, uh, a lot of it is in the flavor, of course, but so much of it is in the presentation as well. You know, that makes, I, yeah, that's almost half the meal right there. You know, you do eat it with your eyes and it is important visually. But I, on the other hand, I, I've always been, um, and my mother is extraordinary at that. She's, she, every plate looks beautiful. Every, you know, everything matches and is, is, is compliments each other. The flowers she has, I remember in Mexico when she had a house down there, one of the dinners, they, she had live fish in bowls, you know, that she had, was going to return to the sea afterwards, you know, um, wow. floating around with, with matching cutlery and plates and everything was just so beautiful. I'm not that girl. I'm not quite Martha Stewart enough, but I, I am making more of a concerted effort. But it's always been about flavor and balancing mm-hmm. flavors and building layers of flavor to me. So I would rather spend four days making a, an extraordinary stock than I would setting the table, but that's just me. <laughs> I try and do a little bit of both now. So um, when did the genesis of this happen? When did you decide you wanted to do a cookbook after you've done you've done novels already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, memoirs, nonfiction and fiction and short stories and erotica and a myriad of writing uh, endeavors. But this, this came about because, frankly... Um, a lot of fans just kept, they know how much I love to eat and love to cook. So they kept saying to me, when are you going to write a cookbook? Because I was always giving people advice. And and so uh, eventually I thought, well, this should be the next project. And then I thought about tying in the gaming world because I'm, I, I've done so many jobs in it. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not a gamer um, per se, I thought, well, I've done so many voices and I know so many people in the gaming industry. Then why not gear it towards that? Combine some stories behind the scenes. My cousin is a big esport star. Um, I just thought, and some of my Babylon Coast, Coast Babylon Five co-stars have done myriad of games, and friends have done games like Cas Avnar, um, Robin Atkin Downs. So it was, it was just sort of falling together. And then I've been um, pen pals and friends with this fellow, Mark Michelle, um, in Pennsylvania for quite some time. And I just knew that he was the person to do it with because, A, he's a foodie, he loves to cook, and mm-hmm. B, he is a really intense gamer. I mean, he knows everything about gaming. Um, so it, he was just the perfect person to do it. He's, he knows old school gaming, mm-hmm. new school gaming. He's played every game I've ever been in. So yeah, he must, he must know all of your characters better than you better do. Better than I do, yeah. It, well, because we, yeah, like I, I was just in uh, Kansas and somebody said... Um, well, what did you play in World of Warcraft? I said, I, I, I can't even pronounce her name, but I know I played a bunch of other characters, but it's you the played, blade. Yeah, you played <laughs> Zalatoth. Zalatoth. That was it. That was you Zal- played a weapon. Yeah, a weapon. The yes, yes, weapon. the sexy weapon the, with the Kathleen Turner, Scarlett Johansson voice, whatever you want to call it. We're that. not quite that good. Our, <laughs> Gene's son just came oh. in a little while ago. Oh. Make her do Zalatoth. I'm going, I can't do that. Oh, I can do her. <laughs> <laughs> She's, she will drive you wild. <laughs> yes. 
She, she, she makes people. I need a moment. She makes makes people go mad with it's her a, voice. Okay. It's, a, it's a steamy sword. You yeah, know, they're you flaming can... broadswords, and then they're steamy ones. Mm, and yes, exactly. She's a, she's a, she's a steamy weapon of mass destruction. So. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's so. It's, I, I love doing voiceovers. I'm actually doing Guild Wars two again tomorrow. I've been working on that one for over a decade, and. Uh, recently did some other new ones and it's it's just fun i enjoy creating the characters and and you know. so and and the industry is i would guess that the industry has started to depend on you as being a fixture you know you're 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 going to be there to do that for them every time and <laughs> oh, they yeah. know that they're going to get what they need from Absolutely. from claudia christian a, a commandeering yeah. Powerful. Uh-huh. <laughs> my my deep voice that people made fun of me for when I was a kid for is now coming in very handy <laughs> later in life. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and and voice actor voice acting is forever. I mean, I It's so funny you say that because my 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 one of my best friends' husband um used to say to me, "Kid, with a voice like yours, you'll work till you're 90. And I was like, well, what if I don't want to work till I'm 90? But then now that I, now that I'm 53, I'm thinking it's, it's not a, it's no, it, it, it is lovely. It's, and your voice does change over the years. I hear myself, um, in, in early television or film work and I'm really su- surprised at how high and girly my voice is. <laughs> but then again, that was the style in the 80s sort of. Yeah, you know, it wasn't quite the 1930s, but it was definitely a different style of acting. Gosh, I just you you do it so fluidly. It's it's, it's you, well, it's you, my job, Jean, <laughs> <laughs> and I really love it. <laughs> so um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some of the recipes. Well, uh, yeah. what are your favorites? Um, what are your least? Well, no, mm. what are your least favorites? We'll never eat them. But. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do dig fish. I mean, I, I stopped eating meat. This is it. Um, I I did a uh, a sort of life change thing this year, so I stopped drinking uh, any alcohol towards the end of last year, and then this year stopped eating meat as well. So um, raw red meat and pork, uh, and really have become more pescatarian um, mm-hmm. and vegetarian. But I can't give up fish. So a lot of the fish recipes and vegetable recipes, of course, are are important to me. Some of the hacks I, I really love. But I also I, I I do have a thing for um you know for for pancakes and quick breads and desserts. Those are vegetarian. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, you can't. I I do believe that moderation in in everything. But clearly, um, for me, moderation in some things doesn't work. But uh, for as far as sugar and and I use maple syrup and honey a lot. I don't really use refined sugar. Um, but there's some things I just refuse to give up. Um, dairy. Uh, Mm-hmm. Baking, I just I love baking. It's 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 very it's very much a meditation to me. As as is cooking, all cooking is. It's a source of great relaxing, relaxing, sort of. It's a meditation. Yeah, I guess that's some of the, the best way to put it. It just puts me in a different space of mind. And I, I've said this before, but it, it it's true. I I can control what I do in the kitchen. <laughs> so that's it's nice when you're in this sort of. Uh, field of acting and everybody else is in control of your career pretty much it's their decision so it's my decision what to put on my plate and that makes me really happy so when i i I do i do like to take the ritual of cooking kind of seriously even if it's just something fast like a snack hence the title snack hacks um even when i do something quick i I do try and make it 
special. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, I mean, I eat at the counter sometimes I do, but I do try and make, make meals special because it's, it's something you're feeding your body. So it's, it's important. So, uh, you, you try to, in, in this, she's got classics in here, but they also all seem to have her own special spin on them. I mean, you know, how many times can you see checks mix, but she's got, you know, different (laughs) spice or different you know, ingredients involved. In it. And that's hers. <laughs> that was one of Mark's. Uh, oh, was it? Oh, pfft. yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, Mark, if you if you look at the quick gamer kind of stuff, uh, um, um, that's that's Mark's. Mark Mark uh, mm-hmm. has a disability, so for his recipes have to be, um, you know, disability friendly. So now I need to talk to him too, then, because I, I want to see how that informs his oh, not ab- not just his food choices, but his oh. writing choices. Oh, it here. absolutely does. Um, with cerebral palsy, he has uh, he has a lot of shoulder pain and mm. and limited mobility. So he's, which is something that, you know, I've always taken for granted. And working with him, I realized when I'm, you know, want to send him a recipe to try or do something, you have to take into consideration in people with carpal tunnel or anything, the chopping, the the things that I take for granted. I mean, yes, I have a little arthritis in my hands, but it's nothing compared to a lack of mobility. And so I I, I re- have huge respect for you know. Sometimes he would say, "Well, I, I it's easier for me to do this X Y Z," or that was really exhausting. We have to take that into consideration. That's why there's skill levels. It's not necessarily how good are you in the kitchen. It's a matter of how much energy is it. And there's there's a few bloggers um, that are posting on social media right now uh, who also have chronic pain or um fibromyalgia various ms mm-hmm. um and they they also will will respond and, and write up how difficult was this for me to make because it's you know, <laughs> how many spoons do i need to make that, that's what that's what it, what it right? is the spoon is spoon, spoons is is a, is a big, it's the analogy is, yeah. is, is the analogy yes it's a four spoon recipe or yeah and it's and it's true and i um you know i i i had to sort of hold myself back from just taking for you know just presuming that everybody would know how to make a stock or do this or do that or or um avoid having to steam spinach you know just hack it uh, throw it in the microwave in the bag open it up you know bam um so a lot of things are 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 very simple and then there's sort of a medium range recipes there's nothing extraordinarily difficult even my lamb shanks with polenta is not something that's going to kill somebody mm, trying to make shanks. yeah mm. <laughs> when i used to eat meat <laughs> um yeah so so you didn't have to eat it you yeah. just had to cook it cook take it, a picture yeah. <laughs> give it to your friends yes i i uh, I, I do yeah well yeah i used to <laughs> not for now um anyway so so i i I think it's we make a really good team, and um, maybe someday I'll, I'll do another recipe book that has a little bit more challenging things in it. But I think for now, it, it's surprising that so many people are responding by saying, wow, they're not only learning things, but they wouldn't have thought of those things. So once again, it comes back to never take it for granted just because you're comfortable doing something. That would be like somebody who's a mechanic saying to me, well, you know, go take off the, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, you know, that whole part of the car. And I'd All be those. like, well, well yes, yeah. I've, I've never quite done that, sir. So <laughs> there's your problem. The spindle of the flywheel slipped off the treadle. Exactly. It's right there. It's right there. <laughs> Why didn't I know that? Because I've never done it (laughs) yeah it's uh that gets me to my next question which is um 
well, actually more of an observation is it's that uh, so many of us uh, being part of geek culture, we're very immersed in geek culture, but we're not so immersed in day to day getting through life stuff. That's, I think that's, that's an unfair what? Uh, generalization and a stereotype. And I, I'm taking exception to that. A lot of these people are perfectly functional, but sometimes you just got to you know, instead of murdering your boss, you got to go out, go into uh, your game and, and, sh- <laughs> and shoot down some zombies instead, or something. You yeah. Know? It, well, it's a, co- it's a, it's a. I think any hobby or passion can also be a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it necessarily uh, replaces everything in life. There are, you know, you can say that for for anything. I mean, you can call actors extreme that have. All they do is, you know, all they do is work out and go on auditions. Well, you know, that's that they do other things, you know. They, yeah, it's, so it's, but I think that um, the the unique thing about genre fans, in my opinion, is their loyalty and their absolute passion and commitment to the particular show or game that they love, mm-hmm. and it it transcends into a remarkable experience as an, for an actress like me. When you do participate in a show that that resonates throughout generations, um, like Babylon Five, or a game that that somebody played through a rough period of their life, or I mean, I, I still have people saying, "Well, you know, my mom and I watched Babylon Five in the hospital while she was dying because that was our show," and that you can't you can't you know push that aside and say, "Yeah, whatever." That is profoundly deep, and it it is touching, and it's it's something that I will never grow tired of 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 thinking about because it's 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 extraordinary that that you could have been a part of something that touched so many people around the world and and it still continues to now that it's streaming i've got little Mm -hmm. kids that are falling in love with it with the writing with the characters with the arc with the 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 themes of the show and i think that you know it, it, it anything you do that that provides a little respite in somebody's life in a positive manner or or portrays a character who has so much human fallibility and yet so much strength and courage i think is just it's a, it's, it's it's something that i'm very humbled to be part of and the whole fandom of science fiction and fantasy um is has been extraordinarily kind to me it, just the people have been supportive uh when i came out um with my alcohol issue they were more than loving and kind and compassionate and they've supported my nonprofit endeavors they've supported me trying to make my documentary one little pill um look at i'm tearing up <laughs> it's true well and now here you are giving back some more because you're sharing an, uh, another part of of what makes you you with all of the fans who have sort of added you to their personal mythologies. And here you are speaking directly to them. Here's how you make something good to eat. (laughs) Well, here's also how you're kind to yourself. Uh And that's the thing is it's, it's, it, you know, it's not just about feeding yourself for energy or for, um, because you're hungry. It's, it really is. I'm trying to teach people that I know you're in a busy, I I know you're in a hurry. I know you're busy in life. I know that life gets in the way. You've got children, jobs, everything. But honestly, I can teach you how to make a good 
healthy meal in 10 to 15 minutes, the same time it would take to pick up the phone and order something or or throw a frozen meal in the microwave. And it's just about getting away from mm-hmm. chemicals, mostly for me. It's just the chemicals yeah. and everything, the salt, the sugar content. It's not necessary for delicious wholesome food that that is easy to make and I don't expect anyone to be able to afford organic or this or that and, and I don't I don't say that in my book I'm not holier than thou and I certainly don't expect people to be able to spend lots of money and go to whole foods or anything mm-hmm. like that it's simply saying look instead of ordering in I can teach you how to make a really easy Chinese dish or it's you know if that's what you're or want or or a better pizza or a better salad or a quick wrap that has healthy ingredients in it and it's not about skimping on on what what you like it's just about that happy balance in life of saying this is the only body I have and I want to take care of it and I and I know that I'm in a hurry but I can make some decent things I can also plan ahead of time you know on Sunday I make stock I, I, that's what I do because I refuse to buy a can of stock, <laughs> you know, and it makes such a difference in meals, uh, in preparation, in sauces and pastas, everything. Having a really, you know, rich chicken stock or vegetable stock is, is just supremely better than, than the stuff you can pick up, especially the cubes or anything like that, that just loaded with sodium and yeah. MSG yeah. and all sorts of hidden things and you know, I'm not one to say you have to cut out sugar. Heck, I eat sugar all the time, but you know. But you know it's there. You, yes, I put it in, so yeah. I can I can monitor. It's like yes, I'll use some brown sugar if I'm making a quick bread if I feel like it, and if I don't have enough honey or whatever. But I know how much is in there, and there's no hidden ingredients. There's no weird preservative chemicals things. That, and and I, and once again, I'm not trying to be elitist or anything and say you know you you know don't eat that. And I know people are in a hurry, but. How about three meals a week that are healthy and delicious from my book? And, you know, at least that's a start. And there's uh, there's over 100 recipes in here. Exactly. You know, there's a lot to choose There's a whole from. year's worth no, for you, can, you. You can do a lot. You can do a lot with this. Absolutely. There were some fish hacks I have to sit down with. Yeah. Well, it, it's the easy, the easiest one because everybody always overcooks fish. And yeah. I always tell all my friends, they're like, how did you make that salmon? It was so good. And so, okay, heat your little toaster oven to 400 degrees or your oven for 400 degrees. Put the fish in, turn the oven off, walk away. And you come back 10, 15, even 20 minutes later, you know, just it it's going to be great. <laughs> and you, because you've turned it off, you, turned you can't it off. burn it. You can't burn it. You can't you can't make it shoe leather. I you know, that never occurred to me. Yeah. It just never occurred to me that okay, okay. <laughs> because yeah. fish cook so fast. It's you also, can get away with that. Yes, it's also the best way to cook a prime rib, believe it or not. A yeah. standing rib roast. Huh. You, you put it in at a, a, incredibly high at 500 degrees for about a half an hour, and then you shut the and, and then you turn it off, and you don't open it for two hours. And you just let it coast. And you just let it coast, and the oven slowly decrease in temperature, and you will have the most perfect, medium-rare, pink, all the way through, perfectly cooked standing rib roast you've ever had in your life. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's just science. And that's that's something that a lot of my fans should love. There's a lot oh, of science yeah. in this. Yes, I don't get into molecular gastronomy or anything difficult, but the, it's just it's 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 how to uh, how to create sort of a sous vide mm-hmm. um, method of cooking without actually ha- owning a sous vide. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, you don't, so you don't have to Alton Brown this to death. You, you don't know? have to Alton Brown this to death. I'm, I'm. Oh, I'm, now come on, he's Mr. Wizard for food. He is. He is. <laughs> he, he. I, I, I watch. I watch a lot of different people, and he's, he's, he's wonderful. You know, and I, I, I love all the. He is very clever. I do like nerd chefs. You know that, that uh-huh. pick apart the science. Uh, uh, behind cooking, and I love the competitiveness of saying free fall because I'm a really f- sort of free form cook. Mm-hmm. I I definitely improvise. It was very difficult and laborious for me to actually write recipes down because I don't use recipes. <sighs> so that was the really time consuming and and energy sucking aspect of this. She is, Susan is the. I'm a self taught. Uh... Culinary historian, yeah. among other things. You used to be on the board of the Culinary Historians of Southern California. I, I oh, that's so weird. Do I, medieval banquets? Oh, for, then for, you must know the guy. I just we we went to dinner at his house a couple of weeks ago. We'll talk about we'll that talk afterwards. <laughs> As contrasted to me, I can barely operate the microwave. Oh Lord! <laughs> How did I get involved with it? I don't know. It I don't know but here, love. have I got a book for you, Gene? Yeah, I'm going to be spending some quality time with this one. It's uh, yeah, you are. You yeah. and your son. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's um, <laughs> who is just just about to turn 21 and needs to learn these things. Yes, absolutely. I think that that anybody who wants to. Well, I mean, okay, there's a couple of elements. First of all, cooking for somebody is truly a way to, to express love to me. I don't have mm-hmm. children, so I I show my affection and love to people by cooking for them and feeding them and it, that that is just an expression of creativity and and, mm-hmm. and and friendship and love. And my family, I you know, I'm just always uh, I I FedEx soups to my dad. <laughs> I, I you know, <laughs> I, I I I bring both of my parents food because I I don't know it's just it's just symbolic nourishing their soul their being and I know what's in it so I want them to be healthy and I know that you know if I make them a bone broth it's going to be the best thing for them um but as far as a 21 year old I I just highly recommend learning some basic kitchen skills I can tell you some of the most mind-blowing experiences of my life and people maybe that I didn't expect to uh fancy um, were because they cooked me a meal, and hmm. and and I and I was you know it was just really gobsmacked that somebody would take the time to do that, and it's a big turn on. Let me tell you, <laughs> dated a couple chefs in my life because mm-hmm. it was it was really uh, it was really exquisite to to sit back and be catered to, and then I realized this is how my friends feel, <laughs> and my boyfriends, and gosh, mm-hmm. I mean you know uh, every person I've I've ever done this for, so it feels really good. So it's nice. My brother had some success with <clears throat> in dating by instead of flowers, bringing a fresh loaf of home break, baked bread. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that was good. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think that's a. It's it's just a very sweet thing to do. And and imagine if you're a young man in your twenties and you invite a girl over for dinner and you actually make it. Whew. I mean that would. <laughs> <laughs> Major points, at least for you know somebody. Well, who... you can give them physical pleasure without yeah. anything naughty. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's a start. Exactly. His introduction to cooking was actually uh, the World of Warcraft cookbook. Oh, well, there's yeah. a whole genre, and it's mostly by one author whose name escapes me at the moment. But she's like done a like yeah, the World like of Game Warcraft, of Thrones, Game yeah. of Thrones, and they're actually quite good. And she's actually. 
really nailed the style of each of these oh, that's great. works. And, and oh, you know, I have she's to, someone I really want to hunt We have to show Claudia the, the Necronomnom. The Necronomnomicon. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. It's this... It looks like this ancient. Don't get it now. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. He's going to get we it now. Talk. It was something I had, I had, like backed on Kickstarter, and it's. It looks like an eldritch horror, and it looks hand calligraphed on the inside. And they sent. Fortunately, they sent a PDF of the recipes, so you can actually read them. Oh my god! But it's hilarious. Have a look. Oh wow! Oh wow! What a beautiful book! It's going to eat you. <laughs> Oh, that is cool. I love that style. We'll, set, we'll, we'll put a link in the article. Yeah, later. that's really neat. And it's all, uh, you know, it's it's all. It's all weird Lovecraftian. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Know, if you ever wanted cover, to eat a Squamous horror, you can. Sort of uh, has a like a faux leather look. And yeah. Got I hope it's faux. Teeth on it and everything. Yes, it's really cool. If if they had cooking classes at Hogwarts, I think. That is perfect. Like this, that's gorgeous. Know? Well, and this is this is what your book does too, in a way. Although yours is brightly colored and fresh and happy and friendly, uh, but uh, it every makes, one of those ties in with a game in some yeah, way. Yes, yeah. Yes. It, what you, what you've done makes it uh, attractive to people who might not have thought they could cook. Exactly. That's that was the whole thing: is to make it fun, have a game tie-in, have mm-hmm. some behind-the-scenes stories. You know, to entertain people with with just a little. You know, food stories and and Mark's whole you know childhood is in here, and and the way he <laughs> fell in love with food, and and um, I, I just think it's it's got something for everybody. But absolutely, it should make people who are afraid of cooking could easily make the majority of recipes in here with no stress whatsoever. Warhog bacon wrapped pineapple bites. <laughs> No warthogs have been harmed in, in the this no, recipe. War, warthog, this is a, anti-Dracula garlic chicken. <laughs> warthog or warthog? Warthog. Isn't war- that a, the, one of the vehicles in Halo? Yeah, yeah I think, like I I know. think so. Oh, there's, there's, yes, there's stuff for conventions. Uh, bullet combo chocolate brownie. That was one of the professional photos Ooh, of my brownie. That is food porn, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I dressed that plate, but. You know, once again, I'm not uh, badass cookies. I I played the fairy godmother, so you've got Claudia's fairy godmother in Shrek. I I voice matched Jennifer Saunders, so you've got uh, you've got an ode to that gig there. Cool. Um, CC Sunday pancakes. My uh, I started being called CC when I was when I had nephews and nieces because they couldn't pronounce Claudia. So, um, so there's a lot of that's how uh, all the best nicknames are. CC and Claude are my nicknames. <laughs> yeah, so there are some Claude recipes, some CC recipes. Um, yeah, it was it was fun, and I, once again, let's harken back to uh, an ode to Mark because um, he certainly came up with all the the amusing antidotes and and uh, tie-ins for the games because I certainly couldn't figure out which one that, you know, my, my, which one should my enchiladas go into and, you know, or, or ceviche. Well, ceviche was a no brainer. That was Atlantis, of course. Mm-hmm. Played the, oh yeah. What do they have Hel- down there? Hello, Hel- fish. fish. <laughs> I loved you in that role. Oh, I was I so Helga. amazed when I found out it was you. Yeah, if they're ever the going voice. to make another one of those Disney, um, you know, it was animated and now it's live action. It should be Atlantis. Oh yeah. That was, it was cool. I came down the chimney. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's my Helga. Uh, she had. She, I love the way that in the beginning she's got this ah, Milo Thatch, and then then twenty minutes into the film she turns into Ivanova. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was does. so funny. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. But Ivanova lives on. A friend of mine who's just retired from the L.A. school systems, the high school teacher, Mr. O. Shout out to him. Has been using you know the the Dow of Ivanova ever since <laughs> the show was on. Oh, that's funny. You know, Ivanova is God. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I still get mileage out of those memes, and they still amuse me. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad they amuse you. Yeah, the I mean, mantra, the whole bit, yeah. motivational posters. Yes, listen to Ivanova. God sent me. Yes, <laughs> yes. Vengeance, the vengeance, goddess. Right, yeah. Oh my! The vengeance God. speech. The right hand. <laughs> tell you who am I? <laughs> Great speech. <laughs> He's like the best. Writer of this soliloquy and what's the word? I'm uh, for? It's the monologist. They're, they're, I guess they're the hero monologues. The, the hero, he- monologues. hero monologues. It's yeah. the he- hero's journey, and then you have the hero monologue. And as an actress, uh, very rarely in your career do you get the 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 big heart tug monologues and the big uh, character reveal scenes, or the big badass. Mel Gibson from Braveheart speeches. You just don't get those normally as a, <laughs> as a gal. So I I had mine with my uh, right hand of vengeance speech. Um, yeah, that was that was that was best great. best time ever. And yeah. and it wasn't just in Babylon Five. He he wrote one of the major speeches for uh, comic book fans from Captain America about you know it's it's the you know plant yourself. Like the tree of liberty behind, and <laughs> and say no, you move. And that was one of his also when he was writing comic books. Yeah. So I I don't forget things. Oh like yeah, that. That was, well, writing is key to any great piece of work. So where can we get this book? Well, most people get the best price on Amazon. It's available worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, also on uh, uh, you know any bookstore that you go to, Barnes and Noble, uh, any but literally any even local bookstore. Let's say you're they in should the have Netherlands them. or something. You say, "Can you order snack hacks?" and they'll get you a copy. The distributor will fulfill any order anywhere. So. Um, yeah, and, and this is a hardcover book. It's, it's a hardcover book. Yeah. It's meant to survive the kitchen. It is indeed. It's meant to be um, propped up on one of those book stands. You mm-hmm. know, and I've worn out a couple of. Those. Yeah, so have I. I love those. They're full of grease. But <laughs> <laughs> luckily, they have that book shield in front. Yeah, well, yeah. that's why. That's yeah. why you want to do that because the pages are paper, but the outside is resilient. So, um, yes, yeah, so that people can get a. Uh, and and I I do want to say a note. Um, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it says two month back order." It's not. That's a snafu on Amazon's site, um, and I think that they they probably should send me a huge Amazon gift certificate as an apology. I would think, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, well, think then so. they look yeah. like yeah. geniuses Absolutely. when they yeah. get it to you in five <laughs> yeah. days. Yeah, well, that's just it. So everyone's saying, "Oh, I'm not going to get it till August." I say, "No, no, no, you'll get it within a couple of days. Don't worry about it. That's just something that they posted, and I think they they continually change change it. But uh, you will get it immediately. Uh, it is available all over the world. Um, I have people in Japan posing with it, so." <laughs> That's me. And the, and a fellow from the, the Netherlands actually just posted Sweden, um, Germany, France, everywhere. So, uh, yeah. Um, so anywhere, anywhere somebody wants to order it, they can. So what are you, what are you working on next? What's, what, what project do you have open? Well, right now? I have a, another book that you can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have another book coming out. Um, I'm hoping to be able to get it 
released this year, but I'm not sure. The year is just going so quickly. I um, can't believe we're almost in July. <laughs> uh, it's a, a book called Journeys. It's um, it's about my decade uh, of advocacy uh, for TSM, the Sinclair Method, the mm-hmm. treatment for alcohol use disorder that saved my life back in 2009. And it's a collection of stories from individuals who have been on it and how it changed their life and what their background was. And it's just personal personal stories of people who have suffered from alcohol misuse and found this this treatment, it's the good, the bad, the ugly. They're not all happy, you know, stories. They're not all, oh, I took it and I saved my life. It, it, it's, a, it's a very, very different experience for every single person because people drink for different reasons. Some people are biological uh, mm-hmm. addicts and some people are addicts due to trauma or childhood um, issues or current issues. They're drinking to numb their pain. There's a big difference between somebody who gets addicted because they've been drinking since the age of 10 and another person who's drinking because their spouse just died. You know, it's, it's, it really is. So you can't treat it the same way. But this one thing that I've, I've really learned in the past decade of doing this is that if you can get rid of the biological condition of addiction, then you can work on the other issues much easier <laughs> yeah. without white knuckling and craving, without disrupting your life, without having to spend time um, still dealing with the repercussions of addiction. If you can just get rid of the alcohol misuse, then you are so much more present and clear minded to be able to speak to a therapist or, you know, or, or go to a group meeting of fellowship. Any of these things are so much easier when you don't have craving. And 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 that is that is a that is direct byproduct of the beauty of naltrexone because it does when used in a targeted manner it really eliminates cravings for alcohol. And it occurs to me that what you're doing is I'm I don't have words for how important it is because I you're that's some of the most important work of your life. It is I've, the most and important, I'm, and I revere you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's I I, I used to be angry. Um, about losing a decade of my life. But now I realize this is the reason why I'm here. But you're saving lives. Yeah. You know, there, there's no other job more important and fulfilling than this. I get up every single day and I get emails from people saying, you saved my husband's life, you saved my son's life, you saved my daughter's life, my mother's life, my you saved our family. You sa-. And it, it's, as you can see, it overwhelms me. It's, it's, it's a daily thing that occurs and it, it, I mean, over two million people have viewed my TED, TEDx talk. It's people are dying every single day, and three point three million people are dying every year because they don't have this information. So I will take, I will do this for the rest of my life. I will die speaking about TSM because it's that important to me. I don't want anyone, anyone, to lose ten years of their life like I did. I don't want anybody to lose a day of their life. Life is so beautiful, and if you can put this behind you. This issue in the in the in a, a humane, respectful manner, like TSM does to the patient, to the individual, it gives you the choice. It gives you back your freedom. It gives you freedom from addiction. It breaks those chains that can hold you down and and just destroy your life and your relationships. So if I can if I can keep people from having to waste time looking for a method that works for them, well then I I can't. It's my life's mission. I can't possibly stop doing what I'm doing. And this is one of the few methods that actually does work. <laughs> yeah, it has a nearly... There are a lot of them that don't, yeah. and a lot of very very well-known ones that don't actually well, work. Well, here, here's the difference, and I, and I, I don't bash any, um, any way that somebody gets better. 
If you go to AA, it is not a treatment. It is a fellowship. So you don't treat cancer with a fellowship. You don't treat diabetes with a fellowship. This is a disease of the brain. It's been a disease of the brain noted from the American addiction, from the American Medical Association since 1956. Mm -hmm. This is not an affliction. It's not a moral problem. This is not a habit. This is a disease of the brain. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a compulsive behavior that no matter how much you pray or go to a meeting, it's not going to help. Now, there is a percentage of people in the world that these fellowship meetings have profoundly helped and they have managed to stay sober. And you do see that, but it's such a tiny percentage that is not working for the majority of people. And on top of that, in my opinion, and that this is just my opinion, is that it's based on negativity. I, you have to stand up every day and say that you're weak, that you're powerless, and that you're an alcoholic for the rest of your life. I dreamt of, of, a, of a situation where somebody could say, I used to have a problem with drinking. And that's what I can say now, with all honesty, I used to have a problem with alcohol. I don't anymore. And that's behind me. So I'm not going to label myself as something negative for the rest of my life. And I don't have to, I mean, I chose to continue to advocate. So I'm going to be surrounded by alcoholism for the rest of my life. But for somebody who gets over it using the Sinclair method, then they don't have to keep dwelling in it. They don't have to make their life a series of meetings or rehab or anything. They can move on and move on to a healthy, beautiful, productive life without that label, without the stigma. And that's another thing that this addresses is stigma and shame by calling it a disease. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who don't buy into the disease motto of it. And I don't want to argue semantics or vernacular with anybody because it's just a waste of time. You can, some people hate the word alcoholism. I use everything. I use all terminology because it doesn't matter. I want to be able to reach people. Some people don't know what alcohol use disorder is, is in reference to. Um, and I, you know, all I'm saying is that my, the most important thing is to have as many options for individuals as possible. And if people love fellowship, then let them do TSM and go to an AA meeting or a smart recovery meeting or a moderation management meeting or whatever they have. Right now, we have peer support. We have Facebook. We have a forum. We have weekly and monthly TSM meetings. When I started TSM in 2009, there was one doctor in the United States. One. Now, nearly the entire United States is covered. And that's because the advocacy of my nonprofit foundation and C3 Europe has has gotten pretty much all of the UK covered. Um, now we've just opened a C3 Canada. All of Australia is covered. This is this is different. We're not going away. This is not a, a fly-by-night sort of, you know, BS method that somebody Googled late at night. This is true. This is science. It has a nearly 80% long-term success rate. You don't find those success rates in any other treatment for alcohol use disorder. The good that you do radiates outward beyond <laughs> the horizon and touches people you will never meet. Oh, it's true. And I'm, I am so grateful in a way that I became uh, addicted to alcohol. I, I know that sounds really weird because it was a tremendous pain and, and it was traumatic and it was horrible to not be in control of something for a bona fide control freak. But I will tell you that it's made my life worth living to be able to save others. Claudia Christian, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Event Horizon. I'm so glad that you got to speak about so many things that are so important to you. Thank you, Jean. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate the time that you took to have me on your show and um, especially the ability to use this to maybe reach somebody out there who desperately needs a solution. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
You have been listening to episode 209 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for July 6th, 2019. Our guest this evening has been the incomparable Miss Claudia Christian. We have been discussing her new cookbook with the surprisingly long title of Snack Hacks, Over 100 Fast and Delicious Recipes for Gamers, Coders, Freaks, and Geeks, which she co-wrote with her collaborator Mark Mitchell. This is the third time Claudia has been with us, but the first time she has ever joined us in person in the studio, so this one was special. This episode will air again on July 7th, 2019 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, tomorrow afternoon, that's Sunday, and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our own website at kryptonradio.com as podcasts. Krypton Radio is listener-supported sci-fi geek culture radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. We are asking you to visit patreon.com slash kryptonradio and pledge $5 a month to help keep the station on the air. Give the gift of geek music to your friends by helping support the world's only full-time sci-fi geek culture radio station. That's patreon.com slash kryptonradio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by sci-fi illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. And the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2019 by Krypton Media Group, Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Krypton Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. <laughs>